Hi, and welcome to Northampton Bible Church's podcast. We are glad that you're here today. If you'd like to learn more about Northampton Bible Church, you can check us out at nbchurchcf.org. You can also interact with us on social media at nbchurchcf. And now, here's today's message. Well, this morning we are embarking on a, a new journey together, and it's really we're looking at what really matters. And I ask myself, what what does really matter? Really, at the end of the day, at the end of this season that we are all in together, at the end, even think about this: at the end of your life, what really matters? If we distill it all down, all of our circumstances, all that we are, what really matters? That when everything comes to an end and you have, say, the end of all things and you have these big rocks that are still standing, you know, that we should have built our life on or maybe we did build our life on, what are those big rock things that we need to to build our our lives on and, and center our lives around? Is it more money? Is it more religion? Is it is it more? Is it excess? Or is it something else? What is it for teenagers? What is it for grandparents? What... What is it for moms and for dads? What, what really matters? What, what really matters for you? In our time over the next few Sundays, uh, we're going to spend time discovering uh, what, for many of you, and many of you may be, say, rediscovering what really matters or what should matter in our lives, especially if you call yourselves a Christ follower. If I call myself a Christ follower, that this is what should matter in our lives. And for many of you, this won't be groundbreaking, earth-shaking information like I've never heard that before. But let me say, it's, the point is not learning something new, it's doing something different. That we're not asking you, I'm not asking you, and I'm not even asking myself to learn something new in all this, but I'm saying, okay, what do I need to do differently? How should my life look different because of the things that I already know? That it's not asking you to learn something new, it's, it's asking you to do something different. And if we really discover what really matters, our thinking needs to change, our, our hearts need to change, our goals, our dreams, our aspirations need to change to reflect what we say that we believe. That that should be true in our lives anyway. And so, what really matters? To discover what really matters, we're going to look at two different uh, passages today. Uh, words of Jesus, uh, words in, in the Bible, passages that, that I am sure that if you've been around church and if you've been around Northampton, you have heard these passages being read and talked about. I'm sure of it. And the, the, the temptation could be that you, you hear what I'm about to say and you say, oh yeah, that, I know that. What's next? But I want you to wait. I want you to pause. I want you to just stop. Because what if what if really... What if what really matters is not so much about knowing as it is about doing? Then what if, what if doing makes all the difference? What if doing puts feet to your faith? What if doing was concrete evidence that you believe what really matters and that changes everything? So fight the urge to say, because I know that it can be there, Fight the urge to say, I already don't know all that. I want you to stay with me. Be willing to walk down the path that leads to application of really walking this out in your life. That that, that it becomes the difference for all of us. That we, we 
get out of just the information piece and say, oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, Jojo, stop, I got it. No, no. But to say, okay, I understand that this is what really matters. Well, what's that look like in my life? How can I apply this? Because when I walk in application, that's what brings about transformation in my life, and that makes all the difference. Because there's a principle I want you to see today that I know that you know is true and I know is true because we've experienced this in our lives is that what you believe determines how you behave. And that's the point of us spending time and looking at some pretty familiar verses this morning. uh, That if we're pressed though, that we would even, what does it look like in our lives though to say, well, what does it look like to walk this out? I mean, if this is what really matters, then that means that that everything else pales in comparison. Everything else is least less important than the things that we'll talk about this morning. That this should drive our lives, that this should determine our decisions, that this should be so evident in our lives that, that what we believe determines how we behave. You may say that you you truly believe these things. Uh, but if they're not reflected in your life, and I don't mean perfectly because none of us is perfect, but but if this is not your heart, if this is not your goal, if this is not your aim, then really, really you believe something else. Does that make sense? That if you say that these things are what really matters, but they aren't evident in your life, they're not really, uh, they don't really uh, come out of your life, they, they don't drive what you do, it's not like at your heart of who you are, then you really don't believe these things to be the most important things, the things that really matter. Does that make sense? Because the reality is what you believe determines how you behave. And so you may say that you believe that these things are true, that these things are, are really what matters, but you live as if something else matters. So if you have your Bibles, and if you even if you have a phone, I encourage you to open up the Bible app, open up your Bible to Matthew 22. We're going to be looking at Matthew 22 and Matthew 28 today, and we're going to be just kind of taking it all in, and I'm going to be really challenging you to, to do a lot of uh, looking inward today as we, as we look at what God has to say in His Word. And I'm going to put these on the screen too, so uh, if you don't have your Bibles, that's fine, uh, but I, I want you to know that it is important, especially as a follower of Jesus, that you would learn with your Bible open, that you would open up the Bible, that you would jot notes down, that you would circle things, that you would underline things, because it's so important to understand what God is saying to you. That I, I believe there's one interpretation, there was one meaning in, in, say, the letters that Paul wrote to the different churches, and there was a meaning in there. And so we have to understand what it meant in that context. But in that, there are many applications, there are many uh, ways, that principles and truths that we can walk out in our lives based on what we understand in God's Word. And it's so important that you, that you learn with your Bible open so that you can write those things down, because we're forgetful. I'm forgetful. And so if I don't write it down, if I don't take a note, if I don't journal it, if I don't circle this verse and say, this is what it's all about, or this is what it really means, that I'll forget about it. Some of my older Bibles, when I was growing up, you could turn to the front and the back, and there were just things written all over it. I would go to camp, or I would hear a message, and, and I would write down, you know, this phrase, uh, Jesus ain't all you need until Jesus is all you got. You know, things like that. Like, yeah, that, that's really good, and uh, good good things to remember, and, and it's just it's so important that you that you learn with you, with your Bible open. That uh, even at the Bible app, it's harder to write notes. <laughs> it's harder to write on your screen, uh, but I would encourage you to do that because we want to get you. I want to get you 
because I want to be here too. I'm not saying like you need to come up with me. I'm saying I struggle with this too, that I want to get you from just taking in information and it kind of being like a dead sea, like everything kind of funnels in and nothing comes out, but that we would be uh, living what we learn that it would make a difference. The things that we learn would really make a difference in our lives. James one twenty two says that we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. If you could sum it all up like this, you could say, just, just do it. <laughs> that the things that God has shown you, the things that God, the principles and the truths that you see in God's word, that you and I would live them out. And that's why, you know, that we talk about this series, that, it, that this is going to be a familiar thing to many of you. But don't let that cause you to, to tune out, to say, oh, yeah, I got it all. Because I'm willing to guess that I think in our lives we know all these things, but really do we really live them out? And before we open up, I do want to say uh, welcome to those of you that are brand new, that maybe have joined us for the first time. Uh, you've been maybe on our prayer and share times or, or however you got here. I want you to know that you're welcome here. This is not some secret society uh, that we uh, we are a church that really we're, we welcome you in. We love people because God loves people. We love you because God loves you. And uh, we want to to be um, we want to tell you what God has to say in his word. We want to walk it out ourselves. We're not just pointing our finger at anybody and saying you ought to live this way. We're saying we ought to live this way. And I want you to know that no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, that there is a place for you here, uh, right here virtually. But as we uh, transition back to larger groups, that there's a place for you there as well. And you don't have to be perfect uh, because none of us are. And we want you to know that uh, that this is a come-as-you-are party and that, that uh, God will change your heart as God sees fit. And God will do the things that, that God needs to do, that we're not here uh, to make you into looking like something that you're not. We want to, we want to tell you the truth of, of what God has to say and let God change your heart however he sees fit. And so I want you to, I want you to know that you're welcome. And so Matthew 22, if you haven't gotten there, I encourage you to go there. And we're going to look at Matthew 28. These are, are very uh, familiar passages, as we said, this whole series is based on these two passages that we'll look at. Uh, don't don't check out because it, it may not be new information, but what my hope is and my prayer is that over the next three weeks after today, we'll be digging into not only what it is that's being said, but how do I walk this out? What should my life look like because of that? Uh, we're going to talk about all that really matters today. We're going to give you everything. I'm just going to lay it all out, uh, kind of reveal it all. And then over the next three weeks, we're going to really explore it, unpack it, and really talk about, okay, what's this mean for our lives? Because I want to help you to understand that what you believe determines how you behave. And some of you say that you believe a certain thing, but you're behaving a different way. And I want to help us all to get on the same page and, and say, no, I believe this. I believe these things to be the, what really matters, and I want them to reflect in my life by God's power and God's strength. And so the book of Matthew is written by a former tax collector and follower of Jesus, whose name was, good, it was Matthew, also known as Levi. He wrote this gospel, this account of the life of Jesus, uh, under the influence uh, led by the Holy Spirit of God, of God, to communicate that, that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah, the Savior who has come to earth, that Jesus came to set us free from sin and from death, that he came to, uh, to, for, to be the one that, uh, that died in our place, that, that, that uh, became the sacrifice, the atonement for our sin. 
and that he was the one who came to save us. And so this is in the last week of his life and uh, before he would be put to death on the cross and he has these conversations with these religious leaders about what really matters and we get to Matthew chapter 22 and the religious leaders are trying to trip him up. They're trying to prove that he's not the Messiah. Uh, they ask him questions and they try to say, hey, he, this guy's really not who he says he is, but they couldn't trip him up because he really is the Messiah. He really is the Savior. In Matthew 22, look at verse 34. We're going to look at 34 through 40, and this is known as the great commandment. Good, if your Bible has the, the little headings, you even had a cheat sheet there. The great commandment. If you got that one without the cheat sheet, then uh, you get a gold star virtually there. <laughs> look for it in the comments. It's not there. All right, so here we go. Uh, but when the Pharisees, religious leaders, heard that they had silenced the Sadducees, they, the Pharisees, gathered together, verse 35, and one of them, a lawyer, an expert in the law, uh, not human law, but the law of God, he knew all the answers, he, inside and out, he asked him a question. He says, teacher, which is the great, the great commandment in the law? And Jesus, if... If you take all the commandments of God and the ones that, that we made up as well for ourselves, the hundreds that we added, if you take them all together, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. That the, that we, the love to love God with all that we are, that that's the great, the first commandment that we would love God. And that's, that's one of the things that really matters. But there's more. Look at verse 39. And a second is like it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourselves. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. That the law of God can be summed up in these two commandments. And, then, uh, and I'm going to remind you, because I told you, that these are things that you have heard before. These are things that you have heard me say. These are things that you have read before. That these are, This is not new information. But what really has been put on my heart, as we've been praying about what do we talk about next, is... I really believe that we need to take a long, hard look at our lives, especially if we say that we follow Jesus, if we say that we believe certain things, if we say that we believe that, that we are to love God and to love others, that, that it should change how we behave. And I think for many of us, there's this disconnect between what we say we believe and how we behave, because what I'm saying is that we might say that we believe certain things, but if our behavior doesn't back it up, then we really don't believe those things. Does that make sense? <laughs> that if you love God and love others, that's really the summation, Jesus is saying, of the entire law, that every law has its focus on either loving God or loving others, and if kept perfectly, which none of us can keep perfectly, we would be perfect. But we, what really matters is that we love God and we love others. And so we begin uh, this series, I want to lay out all these things for you. We still have one more of things that really matter, but let me, let's stop here for a second. We don't have notes, and I apologize. Uh, for the last few weeks, we haven't had notes, and my my goal is that we would get back to having our study guides because, uh, for me, they're very helpful to keep on track, not only through this time, but as we go through the week, to have something tangible to take with you uh, to be able to write things down and all those things. But uh, but for now, if, even if you have a piece of paper or you have your notes in your phone, that you would take a moment to explore this and what this really means and how we can live this out. And so the first thing is that we love God. And when we say that what really matters, number one, is that you love God, that I love God, does that resonate with you? Does that make sense? That, 
does it convict, do you, do you really love God? And I know that we can say, of course I do. But does that reflect in your behavior? And I don't say that because I, I'm telling you it doesn't reflect in your behavior. I'm telling you because I look in the mirror every day. And I look in the mirror of God's word and, and, and I say, oh, I love God. But does that really reflect in how I behave? Does that really reflect in my life? What does it mean to love God? What does it look like in our lives? And we're going we're gonna to unpack this way more next Sunday. This is where we're going to be next Sunday is looking at what does it mean to love God? And not just the information of loving God, but what's that look like in my life? That if I say I believe that, how does that change the way that I behave? But for now, I, I want you just to take a moment, and, and not just a moment right now, but this week, and we'll talk more about that in a couple minutes, that you would just take some time and say, do I really love God? If I say that I'm a Christ follower, if I say that, 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 that Jesus has forgiven me of my sin, that I'm trusting in him, do I love God? It goes back to that question of, do you love God or do you love the things that God gives you? Do you love, do you love follow Jesus to get Jesus or do you follow Jesus to get things? That's a very convicting question for me personally. <laughs> And I don't say that because I'm like, I'm telling you because th that I'm human, that I, that I, and I get it and I understand it. I, and I, I, I get it all what we're, we're talking about. But again, it comes down to, I'm not just one, I don't want to just give lip service to these things. I don't want to say, yes, love God, love others. Yeah, I get it. But do I really love God? Do I follow God to get God? Or do I follow him so that he'll bless me? Or do I follow him so that he will uh, not hurt me or, or let bad things happen in my life? You know, do you understand? I think we have that mentality in our, in our minds and our hearts sometimes. So what, is, what does that look like in your life right now? And the second thing that we looked at already is that I love others. That how are you loving people in this season? How, are, how has God changed your perspective in our, our COVID season? Is God changing your heart? Are you truly discovering in this, these two months and however long this goes on uh, until we get back to some semblance of normalcy, are you discovering that it is God who matters, that it is others who matter? Where are you when it comes to loving others? Uh, and we're going to talk about that two weeks from now, but not, uh, not just to tell you, <laughs> hey, you should love others. But what does that look like in my life? What implications? If I say that I believe that I'm, I need to love others, then how does that change the way that I behave? And not just love those that are lovable, not just love those that are worth it or worthy, but to love people, to love others, people that I disagree with, people that you disagree with, people that are hurtful to you, people that are hurtful to me. How do I love them? What's that look like? What should that look like? What does your love for others look right at this moment? And, and to me, that's one of the things I'd love for you to write down that in a journal or wherever you're at, typing it out, that today, this is where my love for God is. Today, this is where my love for others is. So that, because you're going to forget, so that when God does change your perspective, when God does change your heart, uh, you can look back and say, wow, God, I used to be here, but you've taken me here and, and you get the glory. And so loving God is what really matters. 
Loving others is what really matters. And the last thing that really matters, and we're going to be talking about this in three weeks, is in Matthew 28. So if you haven't turned there, turn to Matthew 28 real quick. The place we find ourselves in the context of Matthew 28 is that Jesus has made disciples. He has died on the cross. He's been resurrected. He has overcome sin, overcome death, overcome the grave. And he's about to to go back to heaven. And he gathers his disciples and he commissions them. He uh, commands them. He authorizes them. He says this in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. He says, go, and maybe even better said, as you are going, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I forgot to put that up for you there, but there it is. Uh, And the third thing that really matters, three of three, is that we make disciples. That we ourselves, that we would be followers of Jesus ourselves, growing and maturing, but that we would also be people who lead others to that as well. That when everything is stripped away, when we come to the end of all things, when we get to the core of what really matters, it is that we love God, that we love others, that we make disciples. And so the question to you is, how are you doing right now at making disciples. Do you realize that you're supposed to be making disciples? That as a Christ follower, your goal is to become a disciple who makes disciples who makes disciples. And for some of you, you say, well, that's, that's the job of the church. That's the job of this, the institution. Well, I don't think that Jesus said in Matthew 28 that that was the job of the institution of the church. Uh, because this corporate idea of the church is not so much the thing as as we, we are the church, that we function together, that we walk in unity, that we walk out the one another's together, and that we make disciples. That you're not gifted in the sense that I don't have that spiritual gift of, of making disciples. No, no. You, as you are going, make disciples. That these things that we're talking about love God, love others, make disciples. These things drive our church, but they also better need to, should, ought, please, they should drive our lives. That these are not just organizational ideals that become a mission for our organization, for Northampton Bible Church, that we say we love others, we love God, love others, and make disciples. But it should be reflected in our lives, in our spheres of influence. That this is not just something that we do at 333 West Steel's Corners Road. This is something that we do right where you're at, in the neighborhood that God has put you in, that that, that is where you walk these things out. If we don't understand that, we're missing the point. We're missing what really matters. We're putting other things above these things that, that, that shouldn't be in that place. And the reality that we have come to before and we keep coming back to is that what you believe determines how you behave. And so that if what you say you believe and how you behave don't line up, then you really don't believe what you say you believe. And so as we begin this series, my question to you is where are you? Are you struggling? Are you searching? Do you have a relationship with God through Jesus? That's the, the first step that you need to take. That's the, the most important step that you, can, the, that you need to take, the, the, the most important decision that you'll ever make. And that we understand the gospel, that the gospel is that, that we are sinners separated from God. Romans 3 tells us that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. 
but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That what I deserve, what I earned because I sin is I deserve, I earn separation from God. But God in his grace, in his mercy, uh, has really made the way for us in Jesus to be forgiven, to be set free. That if I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. That I, I don't just say the words, but in my heart God has done, changed me. That God through his word, through his spirit has opened my eyes to the fact that I am a sinner and I need a savior. And it's my response to that that makes all the difference. And if you're struggling today, if you are searching today, what you're searching for is Jesus. It's not something else. It's not more of something else. It's not being more religious. It's not jumping through hoops. It's not. It's nothing else but Jesus. And that's what grace is all about. And so if you're struggling, come to Christ. And I'd love to talk to you more about that. But really, it's, it's just it's surrendering your life at the cross and saying, Jesus, I trust you for the forgiveness of my sin, and I want to follow you. It's, it's trusting him as Savior and following him as Lord. And that's what it means. And it, maybe some of you are committed. You're saying, man, I'm all in. You're like, you're preaching to the choir. Good. Uh, I, I, for those of you that are fall into that camp, I am thankful that you are in that camp. Uh, but I, I hope that over the next few weeks, you will learn uh, much more than you have about not just the information, but that you say, okay, I'm going to walk this out that I said I've loved God for years and years and years, but it hasn't really reflected in the way that I treat my family. It hasn't really reflected in some of these other areas of my life, and it needs to. I say that I love others, but I hate that person over there. The Bible tells us that if you say you love God, but you hate your brother, you're a liar. Yeah, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> but that our lives would look different, that if what we say we believe determines how we behave, and it's so true I don't want to give lip service to any of these things. I don't want for me or for you to be to slap a name tag on Christian. I want us to be Christ followers because that's what it's all about, that we love God, that we love others, that we make disciples. And for some of you, you say, I'm following Jesus, but I got off track somewhere way back there. It's time to come home. It's time to get right. It's time to, to talk to God and say, God, I, I, I'm starting today by your power, by your grace, by your strength. Things are going to be different. That I'm going to, I'm going to do these things that we're talking about. I'm going to focus on what really matters. Mm -hmm.